Hello, and welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves, and I'm the pastor of women at Northview Community Church. Uh, I'm joined today by Thalia and by Kendra. So say hi. 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 Kendra is our immersed student here, and she just finished her first year of study and work with us. We're holding on to her for another few weeks before she takes off for the summer. Uh, Kendra got a chance to talk about Immerse at the AGM last night, our Northview meeting. So anything you want to say about the AGM or being there or talking to all 300 people or so that were there? Yeah, no, it was really great. We had the AGM at the new building at the Mission Campus, um, and it's just a few days old. They opened for worship services last Sunday, and then on Tuesday we had the meeting. So it was just a very exciting atmosphere to be together. There were so many people that came mm-hmm. out, and we had a barbecue dinner beforehand, and it was just a lot of fun to hear church news, um, just in a really family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It felt great to all be together. Yeah, we sat around tables with a pastor or elder at each table. Yeah. We had worship time together. We heard some testimonies from a few people of what's been happening this year. Uh, we had some question and answer time at the tables. It was great. Yeah. Farmer sausage for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. And the room, like it just had that new smell <laughs> to it, right? The, the floor is like perfectly clean and the yeah. chairs are all <laughs> no marks on the tables. No. Like it just felt like this yeah. big, fresh start. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere just was great. People seemed to be excited to be there. And well, we've been waiting for this building for over two years. Yeah. So this was mm-hmm. a sort of a, just an excitement around this. A monumental mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And great to have so many people. Our, our attendance at these are usually around 150 or 200. And this was probably an extra 100. Yeah. So because of maybe the extra, because of the new building excitement. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Uh, I always love what one of my favorite things at the AGMs is the congregational singing at it. I know. Because it's like the people who are like keen and invested in the church. And you can tell in their worship that they are because they're just like right in there. Spontaneous clapping started and like just little things that we have to kind of struggle to get going sometimes on a weekend. I know. Frank led from the piano at the front and he does such a good job. It was just a gift. Yeah. 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 So we have a few other things going on, uh, just so people who are listening know. The baptism service this mm-hmm. coming Sunday is at Hatsuk Lake. Um, my son is getting baptized, oh, Trevor. So that's, that's great. Excellent. And 60-some other people. Yeah. So and it looks, be a busy day. looks like the weather is going to be so great. Yeah. The sun is coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's a gro- great location. The only thing I'd say to you is make sure you're there early because it can get, like, the parking isn't a lot on the building itself or on the facility itself. So you might need to park mm-hmm. down the road and walk up or there's, there's going to be some shuttle buses. Yeah, or if you can't even carpool, yeah. find some friends and drive together. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to update about in terms of Northview stuff? Well, I don't know about Northview stuff, but Kendra's running a triathlon <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> that morning. On Sunday morning, I do have a triathlon. Yeah. So How many of them have you done? Uh, this will be my fourth one. Okay. Um, I've never done an Olympic distance. I've done sprints, sprint distances. Oh, so this is a longer distance. Which is, well, this is a half a half distance. Okay, so okay. I'm hoping if this one goes well, then I might try and train for a full distance in the fall. But wow. that seems very ambitious. Even saying it makes me feel nervous. That, okay. that I don't know. <laughs> we won't hold you to it. Please no, don't. ask you in September if <laughs> no. you did. No, but they're a lot of fun. I love to swim and I love to bike. And running is my least favorite, which is very opposite of yeah, people who do triathlons. Of me, yep. They love to run and then they'll tolerate the biking and just 
barely get through the swimming. So <laughs> I'm a little bit of an anomaly around my friends um, who train for it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I really like it. I don't like the cold water, but I like to do the swimming. But if the weather's great, I it know should if, be this, a lot of fun. if the sun comes mm-hmm. out, then yeah, there'll be a good reward at yeah, the hopefully end. Hopefully, it's not too hot by 10 a.m. when you're done. I know. Yeah. So yeah. you have to get up early and get this going. Yeah, exactly. And you got through grad last week with yeah. Carter. Yeah, yesterday was Carter's last day of grade 12. Wow. My youngest finished high school. That's a huge milestone. It feels like a huge milestone. So I, wow. it's good and hard. And now I'm like, oh, now I'm out of the school zone. That's a very weird feeling. I'm not quite sure what to do with that. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun, the grad, all the different events that they had going on and meeting all of the parents. I think mm-hmm. I love that the most. A lot of parents I hadn't even really even met hmm. until we did all the decorating and set up well, and clean up. high school, you're like in elementary school, you're always hanging around to get to know people but by the time the kids don't want you there I know. there's not as many opportunities to be involved well and Carter only went to MAI starting in grade 7 so grade 7 and 8 I had some involvement and then not so much in high school so I've missed mm. out on a lot of the parents and I miss that I wish, wish it was different mm. but that's how yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so um, I'm looking forward to or kind of dreading or <laughs> getting ready for <laughs> it's a mixed bag <laughs> mixed bag um, I'm taking a Hebrew class all summer so I'm going to be in Vancouver from Monday to Thursday 8 30 to 1 oh. every day studying Hebrew I've already learned 18 letters of the Hebrew alphabet okay so learning Out of how, how many them 22 so okay I'm almost there I have to learn the vowels next. So okay. first, then the vowels. So wow. that's going to be my summer. So we should text her every day, Kendra, and say, what's the Hebrew word of the day? Totally. <laughs> yes. We can be smart we can, alongside We can her. learn vicariously through all your hard studies, Crystal. I feel very sorry like for you. 50 Hebrew words of the day. That's what oh, I'm worried about. That's a lot. But yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it in a way, but I'm also hoping that I can, it's not just the studying, right? You still have to keep the house going and keep yeah. the groceries and the meals and yeah. All those little pieces and kind of keep work going because I'm not really taking, you know, the whole summer off. I won't yeah. be here in the office every day, but I'm still going to be answering emails and stuff. Mm-hmm. So so as a result, we yeah. have a different plan for the podcast this summer. We're not dropping it because Crystal doesn't want to do that. She's a keen podcast girl, but you have an idea for the summer. Yeah. So we thought what we would do is um, put on the bonus podcast some of the teaching that we've done at various settings, um, which has never been part of the podcast before. It's maybe been something that's been taught at a women's retreat or that kind of thing. So... Uh, We thought we would do um, the four sessions on prayer that we taught at our last uh, women's retreat, that we would make those available as bonus podcasts once per week in July. Hmm. And then uh, we're going to make some teaching that we did at a women's retreat a few years ago in the book of Colossians available in the month of August. So we'd have Colossians 1 on the first week, Colossians 2 in the second week, Colossians 3 Hmm. in the third week. And so it would just give you a little bit of a different opportunity to follow along with some other teaching that you may not have Mm -hmm. been part of. And if you have been part of it, um, you probably don't remember all of it. And so they'll still be good learning and uh, refreshers of things that maybe Mm -hmm. at the moment you thought, oh yeah, that's great. Um, But over time we forget good good truths, good nuggets. And so I'm sure there'll be things to glean even if you were at both those retreats. Yeah. And we do have um, for... Well, both of them I do. We do have um, like workbooks that go alongside it. So they're on our website. The, the prayer retreat stuff is. So if you even want to download that and work through that as a devotional tool over the summer as mm-hmm. we're airing these podcasts, yeah, you could definitely do that. Work along with it and incorporate that into your devotional life. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what we want to do. We didn't want people to get totally out of the habit of listening to bonus podcasts. Um, but this seemed a good way to keep it going while I am not here. I know. So <laughs> I'll just be here kind of periodically on Fridays. And But to think of doing a podcast in the middle of that would have been hard. I think I'll just yeah. be catching up on regular stuff. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So 
That is the summer. Mm-hmm. Today we wanted to talk about wisdom because that is our new sermon series and we haven't actually even had a chance to talk about it on the podcast. Um, Matt did a great sermon this last week on a specific proverb, but we're going to back up from that and maybe and maybe deal with that in the future and just talk about proverbs in general, what wisdom is in general, why we as a culture don't seek wisdom, what are some of the barriers for us in terms of being wise, um, we'll just talk more generally about that today. Yeah. So to start off with, is wisdom something that is valued in North America 20th century culture? What do you think? I was giving this some thought as we were leading up to this topic, and I was thinking that among the people that I talk to, the word wisdom or wise rarely comes up. Mm. Like We want to be so many other things, but wise and wisdom isn't the thing. So we think, I want to be smart. I want to be funny. I want to be handsome or beautiful. I want to be famous. I want to have power. I want to all these other things. Mm -hmm. But we wouldn't really say, I really want to be wise. Like when Solomon asked for wisdom, it seems like a strange request. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, actually. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't maybe just our culture. (laughs) Maybe this is the way things have been forever. Maybe. We don't necessarily value wisdom. Well, I think of wisdom as being that old Chinese gentleman up in the mountains of the Himalayas, and he's got that little beard. And Or you think of an elderly grandma, and you think, well, yeah. it's okay for the elderly. It's okay for certain cultures, maybe. But me, I want to be a hip contemporary woman. You know, wisdom doesn't necessarily figure into that. Or you think wisdom is someone who's, they're much, much older. Yeah. Like wisdom comes when your hair is gray. And yeah. And until then, I'm okay without wisdom, but... Right. Yeah. And eventually I might get wisdom if I stop dyeing my hair. Yeah. But but yeah, it's, I think we think it's, yeah, maybe unattainable or maybe just something that descends upon you at some Mm -hmm. age marker in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good bit of a myth to bust right off the start. Does age necessarily bring wisdom? Yeah. I used to think so. I used to think that as Christians got older, that all Christians, as they aged, became more wise. And then, unfortunately, I encountered many more Christians (laughs) and realized that wisdom doesn't go with age. There can be very wise young Christians and wise older Christians, but there also can be foolish young Christians and foolish older Christians. So it doesn't go with age. It's a deliberate choice as a deliberate following of God's word. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking it up this morning, I was thinking, what's the difference between smart and wise? Yeah. So being smart is having a lot of knowledge, having some facts, but being wise is applying that knowledge to life. Yeah. And in the church, we see it in terms of there are a lot of people who have great biblical knowledge and they can recite all kinds of facts for you, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily applying it to their life. So we would say that that's not wise. Yeah. So it's not impacting the way they interact in relationships. No. Or it's not impacting um, the other decision making that they're yeah. making. Yeah. So they know the right mm-hmm. information. Yeah. But it's not necessarily translating into living lives that look wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think um, we've talked about age and wisdom not necessarily being related. I think part of our um, dissatisfaction or not having interest in wisdom in general is the fact that as a culture, we don't necessarily value people who are older than us or right. who are ahead of us in something, mm-hmm. right? We necessi- we value people who are, like you said, the cutting edge kind of people. Yeah. 
And so all the people who are famous, who are writing articles and blogs and who are writing music, we listen to all of them, but we don't necessarily want to listen to even our wise parents or our grandparents mm. or the people that are placed in our life because they're not well hip and happening. And instead, we are very much listening to the voice of culture, but they are not necessarily wise. They're smart, they're powerful, they're handsome, beautiful, whatever, talented, but not necessarily wise. Yeah. But we enter the doors of church, and then we're told that we need to pursue wisdom, and we need to be wise. Right. And so it kind of is a disconnect from our regular life to when we enter the doors of church where we open up our Bible. Yeah. So we kind of need to be sold on why wisdom is beneficial, which mm-hmm. is what Jeff did in the first sermon. So we're going to talk about that mm-hmm. in a few minutes. But before we even get to that first sermon, um, we want to step back a little bit and just talk about the genre of mm-hmm. Proverbs in general, like mm-hmm. what is happening when people encounter the book of Proverbs. If they come into Northview and hear us teach on a Proverbs, what are they encountering? And so Jeff did a great job, the first mm-hmm. sermon of saying that Proverbs are general truths. They're not always true. So let's unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. What did he mean by that? Yeah, so a proverb, um, not a biblical proverb, but maybe a cultural proverb that I've heard is the early bird gets the worm. Yeah, That's generally true. If you wake up early, you know you're going to work hard, you're going to get the better deals, you're going to have more profit in life, like you're going to get the reward of of starting your day early. Or if you go to White Rock, you can get the parking spot if you're there early. Exactly. <laughs> if you See, go there late true, in the day, no parking spot. Yeah. True life wisdom. Yeah. yeah. But it's not always, it's not a guarantee. No. It's a general truth um, that you can encounter and you can test it and you can prove it. And most of the time that will be the way it works, but not all the time. Mm -mm. It's not a guarantee. It's not a promise. Um, And so then when you come to biblical Proverbs, I think we think, well, it's in the Bible, so it has to be a promise and it has has to be guaranteed. And so we don't think of it in that same, we understand that the early bird gets the worm is not something that we can kind of stake our life on. Mm -hmm. But we somehow think when we come to a biblical proverb, that's a different, it's a different um, angle or whatever at something that is a promise instead of a general truth. But it still is a proverb as any of these cultural proverbs would be um, just because it's from the Bible. It's the same genre. It's the same type of literature. And so the rules for proverbs still apply. So one of the examples we get snagged up on is the one that Matt talked about this past weekend from Proverbs 22, 6. says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. And we often think of that as a promise. If we train them up as Christians, then for sure they are going to be Christians and Mm -hmm. stay Christians and we're good. And they're never going to turn away. Right. And if they do turn away, then probably, I think we often interpret it this way, is probably I didn't train up my child rightly in the way that they should go. I missed some steps of training them because clearly they're not going the way they should. So it has to do with my training. Yeah. And that's not what the proverb is, is meaning or getting at. Yeah. So we either get to that point where we blame ourselves and look for what did I do wrong? Or else we start blaming God and mm-hmm. saying, your word isn't trustworthy because I did X, Y, Z and my kid is not doing Y, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so one of those two things happens. Either we blame ourselves or we blame God. Yeah. And so that's a dangerous, it's important that we understand what these Proverbs are trying to teach us. Yeah. So generally, mm-hmm. there's a better chance of our child following God if we train them up to know God than if we don't. Like if we completely say, oh, well, I'll just allow God to find that person and I'm not going to teach them anything. Well, the chances of that person following God are way less than if we bring them to church and we read Bible stories to Mm -hmm. them. And so that's the general principle that they're getting at here. Yeah. Yeah. That their child has a better chance of following God if you provide the the good wood Mm -hmm. in the fire, as Matt talked about, which we might 
make into another whole podcast later because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. lots of good wood that we can talk about. But that's a general idea of this mm-hmm. proverb. And so as we're going through this sermon series, we need to keep that in mind, that these are not promises um, from God that if we do things, because we like formulas. Oh, we love we them. We would love it, right? Yeah. yeah. We would love to be able to say, I plug this in and this in, and so then God owes me that. And yes. poof, the result will automatically happen. Yeah. 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 But that's just not the way life works. No. And the world is fallen and the Proverbs recognize that we're living in a fallen world. Yeah. And there's other wisdom literature in the Bible that's along the same genre. You read the book of Ecclesiastes and he basically says, all of this is meaningless. And so the only thing that's worth doing is to love God and follow him and rejoice in the Mm -hmm. good things he's given you because basically you don't know if any of it's going to be worthwhile in the end. Yeah. And it seems kind of depressing, but Mm -hmm. that's realistic. Mm Mm-hmm. So we need to know that as we're encountering mm-hmm. proverbs and the the literature and genre in in general. So we thought we'd talk just a little bit about Jeff's first sermon since we don't have time to do both, um, and we're going to maybe reiterate a few of the things that we've said before. Um, but the first time that he spoke on it, it was uh, just Proverbs two one to seven, which is just an overview of the book of Proverbs and kind of its um, priorities and stuff. His points were, first of all, that we should embrace wisdom and that there were certain results that came when we did. And so in the point about embracing wisdom, he had two application points. The first was that we need to be more willing to listen to godly wisdom. And the second, we ought to be more willing to give godly wisdom. So let's spend a few minutes on those. Hmm. We need to be more willing to listen to godly wisdom. What are the barriers that people have to listening to godly wisdom? What have you encountered? Well, culture has a much bigger voice. Hmm. There are so many things competing for our attention. Yeah. So everything that I've already mentioned, articles, blogs, YouTube videos, hmm. all of your friends, all of the messages everywhere, it's just overwhelming at times. Hmm. And it's much more palatable and it's sparkly, shiny, and it seems much more interesting. It's packaged yeah. so much nicer. Yeah. The Bible can seem kind of dry and boring and old-fashioned and paper. And it was written 2,000 years ago. Yeah, what can it have yeah. to do to today? A little bit yeah, outdated. Even if I read it on my device, it's like, well, it's not as sparkly as shiny as that article or blog that I could just turn to. Hmm. Yeah. So the Proverbs are full of um, situations where people are hearing different voices calling to them. And that was part of the beauty of this par- or this part that he read is that you have different people trying to distract you away from listening to the godly yeah. wisdom. So that's yeah. a piece that people have encountered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all through the generations, there's these different voices. Yeah. I think at you. another piece of it can be, we're just so focused on ourselves. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I know me best. Yeah. And so if you're going to tell me about what you're seeing in my life or um, make suggestions for my life, like, but I know me best Yeah, and I know what I should do and I know what I like and I know where I want to go. Yeah. And it's very just self-focused. Yeah. So to listen to and to be willing to have the voice of other people in your life and maybe have that direct you away from a path that you're going and a path that you cherish, that that's hard to yeah. be willing to be challenged and redirected. And with that comes often a sense of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Like I, can, I yeah. know biblically what I should do because I've been in church and I've gone to all the different Sunday school programs and youth groups, but I don't want to. Because what I want to do is much better for me, and it feels better, and it makes me happier, and it feels good. Yeah. So I don't want to do what the Bible is telling me to do. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges with that is we just have such a short-sighted vision. Mm-hmm. 
Like we really, so I wear glasses. I think about short-sightedness all the time. Every day I wake <laughs> up, I have a house coat hangs on the back of my door. And if I'm not fully awake when I wake up, I'm like, is that a friend or a foe? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, it's just my house coat. Yeah. But I can't see far enough without my glasses on. And yeah. I'm, I'm so short-sighted that way. And I think that's our Christian lives. We just literally see the next one month at a time yeah. or sometimes just the next evening at a time. And we forget that God has a whole lifetime of us to follow him faithfully. Yeah. And it's hard to see that this one choice actually has long-term consequences, yeah. long-term eternal God-glorifying or God-rebelling consequences in my life. And we just, we're, yeah, we don't think eternally on these things. No. And yeah. so it's hard then to recognize, well, how does it matter what movie I watch? Or how does it matter uh, what school I go to? Or how does it, like, often we think these things are very inconsequential. Well, and sin is very attractive. It yeah. is. It feels good. It tastes yeah. good. It looks good. It's so much more attractive. And it's in the enticing. moment, yeah. I'd so much rather do that sin. Yeah. It provides instant gratification. Where following God doesn't mm-hmm. always provide instant gratification. Right. Long-term consequent, like long-term effects or consequences is like, ah, I've got time for that. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not old yet. I'll wait 20 years. Yeah. Or we've done that once or twice or five times and we haven't ever experienced the consequence yeah. of our sin, of our rebellion. And so we think, well, I'm immune to that consequence. It won't actually affect me. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we don't really recognize the benefits of our wisdom until we've been hit a few times Mm -hmm. by by bad choices. Right. And we realize, oh, actually, maybe I need to ask some advice here because I'm not going there. But sometimes in those fresh years, we don't realize maybe how things can go astray or awry. I remember my dad telling me once... um, he was, uh, they were missionaries when I was a kid, and he was on the mission field and also, like, just came out of SFU, had his Bachelor of Arts degree. He thought, like, he could just go and kind of save <laughs> Nepal, like, and just, you know, from all the different things that were going wrong. And he went to this meeting, his very first meeting there, you know, young guy, and he was, like, full of ideas about how they could change things. And this guy took him aside after and said, Dennis, why don't you just shut up for the first year? <laughs> a whole year. <laughs> yeah, I know. And just listen to everything that people have done before and what they've tried and what, you know, how things have gone. And, and for him, he was so offended and so angry. But he said that was the best advice that someone said, just shut up for a year mm-hmm. and listen to the story and then enter into the conversation when you kind of know the issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But we don't want to listen to that godly wisdom. We think mm-hmm. we have the answers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we often don't recognize that there's also a difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. So, Thalia, you were talking about what is smart and the difference of smart and, and wise. And so in culture, there can be a lot of smart things, a mm-hmm. lot of applied smarts, which mm-hmm. we would say is wisdom, but that necess- isn't necessarily godly wisdom. Yeah. And so thinking, well, that's really smart because that will work It'll bring me whatever the end result is, the success that I'm looking for, the beauty I'm looking for, the friendships I'm looking for. But we don't necessarily realize that actually God's word has a lot to say about success and a lot about our image and how how we see ourselves. And it has a lot to say about the kind of company that we keep. And so sometimes worldly wisdom and godly wisdom are in conflict. True wisdom is godly, and we can see that in the world if there is true wisdom in the world. But... I think it can be hard to differentiate if we're not actually in the word and know what God's God's way is for us. Yeah, I know. I encounter that a lot when people come mm-hmm. to meet with me and they don't realize that the Bible actually speaks to the issues in our lives. They don't know where to find them. They don't know mm-hmm. that the Bible actually said anything about that. So when we read it together, they're like, oh, that's very clear. <laughs> and then they have to decide, I don't know if I want to follow that. 
Right. Or should I follow that? How do I follow that? I love that question. Yeah. They'll say, I don't know how, but could you show me how? Oh, That's an amazing question. Of heart. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty rare, actually. Yeah. yeah. But that unaware- unawareness piece mm-hmm. is a big thing. They don't necessarily realize mm-hmm. what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the loudest thing that I hear um, is just whatever makes you happy. Like yeah. that is a cultural proverb th- or not pro- proverb, but like, well, a, like this mantra that we have. Yeah. And we think that the, the wise thing to do is, is pursue the things that make you happy. Yes. And that's going to come in direct conflict with some things biblically. Like there are some things that don't make me happy that are right to do. Mm-hmm. And so the longer you do that, the more you will find true joy, but it, there's going to be conflict with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think back to my first internship as a counselor hmm. and the bad attitudes I had and some of the bad habits I had and my supervisor pulling me aside and I'm in tears because I needed correction but didn't realize it at the time and didn't want it at the time and yet it produces something better in you it makes you into a better counselor Mm -hmm. so we often think of that with our kids or what things like that we think oh I don't want to make them unhappy I don't want to point out this thing that needs to be corrected but for them to be a better person to be a better follower of Christ. We need to point out those things so that they become who God has designed them to be. Yeah. And so sometimes they do get angry or tearful or frustrated or, but we need to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Another reason that we don't embrace wisdom sometimes is if we're trying to be a spiritual Christian, it, it seems kind of boring. Like we want yeah the direct message from heaven. We want God to give mm-hmm. us an impression that we can mm-hmm. follow. And the idea of actually reading the Bible and consulting with my friends and praying together with people and just kind of doing the next thing, door that God opens up to us, that seems like that's not really fun or interesting enough or not spiritual enough. Hmm. We kind of think that it's more spiritual to hear that direct voice from God. And yet so much of scripture just says, just follow in my path and yeah. do the moral things that I'm telling you to do. And I will direct your path. Like yeah. trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Lean, lean not on your <laughs> yeah. own understanding and all your yeah. ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So yeah. all it's saying is trust and acknowledge God and he'll direct you. You don't need mm-hmm. the, the lightning bolt from heaven or the, but sometimes we think, Oh, but, but that's more spiritual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the second point or application piece that Jeff had was we ought to be more willing to give godly wisdom. And this has actually been something that I've been surprised at as I've been in women's ministry or how few women think that they have anything to offer to the next generation. Mm-hmm. They're not willing or they think that they're irrelevant or that people don't want to listen to them. And we have to kind of convince them that, yes, as a 70 year old woman, you have things to share. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always surprised when we tr- have tried in the past to set up mentor programs, which we're not doing anymore for reasons we can explain in a different <laughs> podcast, because that's a whole other podcast. But when we've tried to set that up, we've had lots of people saying, I want to be mentored, but nobody offering to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. Like nobody thinks they have anything to share, which is so interesting to me. And what's interesting, too, is women don't realize, or, or men, too, we don't realize that we actually can share even from our mistakes. Yeah. So my kids have yeah. often said to me, yeah. Thank you for sharing that misstep, that mistake, mm-hmm. that bad attitude you had when you were in your counseling internship, because they feel then I'm relatable and they understand that I make mistakes and that I learn from them and I have to be corrected just like they have to be corrected. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We don't have to have all the things we did right and all the ways we were so smart and so wise right. and all that. No, we actually can share some of the mistakes we made to help others avoid them. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a big thing is realizing you're not necess- you're not the author of wisdom. So when you're mentoring someone, even informally, like just 
as you're going along life with your friends, your family, people in your community group, if you're just living and looking towards God's word, that is godly wisdom. Mm-hmm. That in and itself, when you're having these conversations then and you're pointing them back to the, the truth of scripture, you're pointing them to God's wisdom. And in doing that, you're being wise, but you're not relying on your own wisdom. You're not this great sage <laughs> who's totally... The Chinese person in the hillside with the beard. <laughs> with the little beard thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, totally. That's what yeah. I think of. But we have so much pressure, I think, when especially older women who think, well, I don't know. I haven't arrived. I'm still a work in progress by God's grace. Well, yeah, absolutely you are. But you can point people back to God's wisdom again and again. So something simple is if there is fractured relationships and you encourage people to forgive that person Mm -hmm. and to reconcile if at all possible, that's wisdom because it's from the Bible. Yes. And if you can encourage, if you have married friends and you encourage them that it's not about being happy, it's actually about serving the other person and lifting them up in prayer and bearing with them and all those kinds of things, that's godly wisdom because that's biblical. And as you advise them that, that's godly wisdom. And as they receive that, mm-hmm. like if that advice is being given to you and you receive it and you walk that out and you go to apply that, that's being wise. Mm-hmm. That's choosing the path of wisdom. Yep. And it doesn't seem very glitzy and glammy no. when you say that. It just sounds hard. It means applying scripture to my life. That's wisdom. Yeah. Yes, that's it is. Wisdom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as older people or younger people that are wise, we can talk to people who are maybe, maybe the, the distinction is people who are kind of less spiritually mature than us mm-hmm. or people who are kind of still trying to figure this out. We can, mm-hmm. whether, what, regardless of their age, right? yeah. we can guide them back to the scripture as the starting point for how they make decisions. Well, I've said that before in other podcasts where I think we're really beyond simply sharing our values. Mm-hmm. I think we're at the point where we really need to share our values with a scriptural basis. Mm. So one of my neighbors, I went walking with her and she said one of her kids was not really interested in coming to church and wanted to just listen to podcasts at home. Still a Christian, still serving God, loving God, but just didn't want to be in church. And said, I said, oh, 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 wait, wait, hang on. Hebrews 10 says that we need to encourage people to be in church, not give it up as some are in the habit of doing. And there's, it's a longer passage and it talks about we're there for a purpose to encourage one another, to stir one another up. Like we need to be in church. And as we talked through this passage and we talked about the context, all of a sudden she had a way to be able to present this to her child. Not just a, you should do this. Not just like, you have to be in church. That's what we do. But instead to say, why? Scripturally, why? And then the child can think about whether they want to argue with scripture or not, not Mm -hmm. arguing with their parent. And I've done that recently more often with my kids and I'm amazed at how much scripture has more weight than simply sharing my value of whatever it is and I know that my value on its own is coming from scripture but it makes more difference when I say this is my value and this is why Mm -hmm. and this is the verse why or the passage or the context yeah so it might take a little bit of work Mm -hmm. but I think that's super valuable because there's not a lot of answers sometimes aren't really clear cut, but yet we can glean biblical principles and apply that. And if we show people where we're getting that from. Yeah. So I had an email yesterday from a woman who's in Ontario and she is um, a complementarian person in an egalitarian church. So meaning different views on women and leadership. And she was wondering if she could stay a member of that church um, even though the leadership had a different position than her. And so then I walked her through, well, there's nothing in the scripture that will tell us exactly what you should do in that situation because that wasn't, you know, they didn't have the same church membership structure or leadership structure, but we're told in scripture that 
we should submit to our authorities and try to live in unity and not be divisive within the church. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a piece of biblical wisdom. But the second other part of biblical wisdom is we're taught to interpret the scriptures well and hold God's word high. And so I said, if you can do both of those things in your church, then that's great. But if you feel like you have to get a lower view of scripture in order to be unified in your church, well, then that's not necessarily good, right? If you're valuing unity over scripture. So I said, you kind of have to weigh this out. Can you walk in unity with your church and still hold a high view of scripture? And so it's not, the answer isn't there directly what to do in the situation, but you can get the biblical principles that kind of guide you as to how you should walk forward. So it took me a work. It took me an hour to kind of think through, okay, how can I biblically, because she was asking for a biblical answer to this dilemma. And I thought, well, I don't have a chapter and verse. Yeah. But yet thinking through what are the principles that are in scripture, help me walk through that with her. Yeah. So jumping on that, what I would say is this coming ministry year, for those that are listening, find a way to be in some kind of group where you can study scriptures together. Because yeah. it's much mm-hmm. more enticing to just go to Netflix, like rather than do that kind of hard work to respond mm-hmm. to someone biblically. Yeah. We'd rather just say, ah, well, that's not that important of an email. I'll just go to Netflix. Instead, though, if we are in scripture regularly throughout the year, then this pops more to our mind. And I think we can be of more benefit to the people around us. So if that hasn't been your situation, there are so many. I mean, if you come from a different church, I'm sure there's Bible studies either at your church or in your community. Mm -hmm. Here we have First Corinthians starting up in September with women's groups, men's groups, sermon discussions. We have all all different ways to be in the scripture, but we'd really encourage that so that you can speak more about wisdom from the scripture rather than your own your own wisdom. Yeah. yeah. And wisdom is one of those things, especially like biblical godly wisdom. It takes time. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the goal is that as we spiritually mature over time, the course of our lives, like hopefully I'm more wise next month than I am this month and more wise next year and in five years and 10 years than I am right now. As we grow in grace, we grow in Christ. And as we're in the word and the word becomes more part of us, so yeah, it's slow starting, I think. It's not an instant download. We live in, in such an instant culture. We want to microwave our meal in 10 seconds. I and know. Quickly look at what your friend did across the world because they just posted it on Instagram. But scripture, it's slow. And our hearts are slow to change. And our mindsets and our worldviews are slow to change. But as we're constantly in God's word and have that wash over us and change us, you know, maybe in a month's time or six months time or five years time, We'll have those thoughts in our mind more quickly and we'll have that wisdom for our situations and for other situations as they yeah. come up in well, conversation. Well, if you're thinking long term, you're thinking of like almost putting a bucket in the sink and just putting the tap on slow drip. Right. How long does it take for that bucket to fill up? It takes a while. Yeah. So you're thinking of that, just adding a little drop every day, whether it's yeah. memorizing a scripture or reading five minutes of something or praying mm-hmm. a little bit every day adds up over time. Yeah. And My dad might- said it once to me like, Thalia? I can't tell today if you're eating donuts every day, but in 20 years, I'll be able to tell if you've been eating donuts every day. Yes. <laughs> and he compared the that to scripture. And he said, compared that to scripture. I can't tell Thalia if you're reading scripture today, yeah. but I will be able to tell in 20 years if you've been reading scripture, scripture regularly. Yeah. 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 So we'll end off there. Um, and we'll give a plug to our First Corinthians Bible study next mm-hmm. year because we're excited mm-hmm. about it because, and for lots of reasons, but it is a very book of practical wisdom into yeah. how we live as a church, yeah. how we interact with each other, because that's what this whole book is about. It's a bit of a rebuke to people who are not living as maturely as they should. So if you want a starting point with wisdom, listen to these next 
bunch of sermon series on Proverbs, which is great. You could read a proverb, a chapter every day if you want. Like yeah, it'll Jeff take you one month the, to get through. Yeah, the sermon series is 31 chapters. So yep. even if you miss a day, just if it's the 18th of July, just pick up Proverbs 18 and read it. <laughs> Um, and then come to one of the studies when we start in September. And about First Corinthians, if you're in the Abbotsford area, and the women will be studying First Corinthians on Monday nights and Wednesday mornings, yep. and the men will be doing Wednesday nights. Yeah, yep. and mission and on Monday night as well. Right. Yeah, for yep. the women. For the women. Yeah, the men are going to finish their 33 series there, which they've been doing. And then the plan is that they will start joining in with the men's Bible study in fall 2018. So Okay. Yeah, that's the plan. So we will leave you there with those thoughts as we uh, enter this next week. Uh, Kendra, do you want to pray for wisdom for all of us and for our listeners? We'd love to. Father God, thank you uh, for this time together that we could sit and talk and our listeners could join us. Um, God, we thank you for your word, that in your word is wisdom and in your your word is life. And I pray um, as we continue to study your word and to read it, would you give us an understanding mind? Um, and would you make us wise unto salvation, that we could follow the way of Christ, that we can know the way that truly does lead to life. Um, and none of us can do this on our own. Father, we need your spirit in us. We need the fellowship of the saints with us. And so I pray that as a church, as a congregation, together, that we would grow in grace um, starting today and going forward until our very last breath. We ask this, God, uh, because we want to be with you forever and we want Christ to be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. Thank you.